0: Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-drama Jen,
1: I'm CL Kita. And I'm Kay Muse. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And we also have a brand new perk for our kimchi VIPs, We now have a Discord server where we're chatting about all the latest dramas and news, so if you want to talk daily with all the fangirls, come join us on Patreon. And as always, you can find the link in
0: our show notes. Absolutely, and it's so much fun, so please join us if you can. Okay, Um, so before we get started with our topic, I just want to give a quick disclaimer that we are off our regular schedules. So, families are kind of around and neighbors are mowing lawns, and some of us have asthma and allergies. So, and you may hear dogs barking. So, just wanted to say that upfront that um, there may be some background noise. We'll do our best to mute when we can, but um, that is life when your family is hanging out and uh, we're kind of podcasting last minute. So, it wasn't on the calendar. Yeah. But and we have so many is- kids and pets. So Sounds <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> uh, but our topic today is about a movie that um, we all kind of wanted to, to take a look at. So it is Night in Paradise. And I found that streaming on Netflix. So if anyone wants to watch it and then listen along with us, we are going to be reviewing this movie and just talking through it. Uh, Ciel Kita and uh, K-Muse watched it together and I watched it alone under my covers. And I was really excited to watch it because we've been watching Vincenzo, the K-drama. And the, so this, this movie has kind of a mobster um, theme to it. And it also has the same female lead that is in Vincenzo. She's also in this drama. Um, and she was also in Mellow Is My Nature. And her name is Escaping Me. If anybody um, has that, other fingers. John? So, Yo Bin John. Okay. And so, anyway, I know her as the girl from the mopey one, not mopey, but the one who lost her depressed lover one. in, yeah, in Mellow is My Nature. And then also just kind of the crazy lawyer that's in Vincenzo. So, anyway, we're going to talk about this drama today.
1: And we are going to start off with the synopsis. So the synopsis is hiding out in Jeju Island following a brutal tragedy. Is it really a tragedy, though, when he, like, on purpose killed a bunch of people? But tragedy, <laughs> a wronged mobster with a target on his back connects with a woman who has her own demons. And I was glancing through the stuff on Rotten Tomatoes, and it actually has a really good score. It's like an 80% on the critic score. And one of the critics was all like, thus begins an understated getting to know you period that sometimes plays like a road trip, sometimes like a romance, and sometimes like the idle imagings of a serial killer. And I felt that that was very accurate. That's awesome. I know, I know. If you smushed all those together and created a tone, this is the drama (laughs) you get or the movie you get. Thoughts? (laughs) But... Camus, you totally left out that
2: he's a mobster with a marshmallow heart. He's got his sister and his niece that come to visit. And, and he loves <clears> them. <throat> and he's loyal. And, and then, then he no, stabs a, a bunch of people. Well, he doesn't start stabbing a whole bunch of people until they do a big bad to him that causes the tragedy.
1: Yeah. He was in a depressed moment. He wasn't thinking straight.
2: You know, life can be
1: hard. Hard and and you know, this is a guy that he has honor, and sometimes you just have to stab a bunch of people in the nude. <laughs> well, <coughs> sorry, well,
2: I mean, <coughs> sorry, asthma, thank you, sorry. Um, what happens is that you know, how else are you gonna have somebody let their guard down so that you can't stab them? I True. mean.
0: You know, you've got to get naked. <laughs> I have to say that that I appreciated that because, uh, you know, it really did allow them to let their guard down. In fact, they even he even said like, "Why are you so jumpy? You know, we're just all naked here. It's not like he can do anything," and yet he managed to do something. So, dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> and it was easy o- access cleanup.
0: It, <laughs> it was absolutely. easy access cleanup. Gosh, oh, he overall. Overall, with the synopsis, um, I was definitely drawn in because it said so, it said mobsters and revenge, and then I like the cast, and so I thought, okay, um, I'm gonna try this out. And also, I have fond memories of Jeju Island, you know, before I fell down the stairs. And so I have to say that it was kind of nice to to go back.
1: It was so funny. We were watching this, seal Keita and I watched it together. And it panned a lot of fish- different places. And I was like, I didn't realize Jeju Island had so many trees because there were this <laughs> massive forest scenes. And I was like, huh, all right. I've just seen the coast in dramas, I've never seen the tree version. So,
0: well, I can tell you that the day that I had the horrible concussion, my husband left me in the hotel room um, <laughs> and went for an amazing hike uh and so yes there there were definitely trees and beautiful wooded areas and he did come back it was okay but (laughs) anyway it's it's a lovely lovely place and it was really nice to see it again you know we really need to get you a
2: bubble one of those plastic (laughs) bubbles and we could just roll you around in it um
0: that'd be awesome
2: it, it would be awesome.
0: Somehow I feel like I have a concussion being inside that bubble that you, you rolled you me in. You would find
1: though. a way. You would find a way because. <laughs> or she's like drifting off to sea. Cause she accidentally ran herself into the ocean. And she's yes. just in a bubble floating yes. off into the
2: ocean. I do need to say though, that, that when she's been with me, she stayed relatively healthy. That's true. She no stayed concussion. healthy
1: when she was with me too. Well,
2: yeah, that's sure true maybe, too. maybe Mr.
1: K-Drama Jin needs to have adult <laughs> supervision when he takes the places.
0: <laughs> or maybe I just need my K-Besties. I could
1: right? just see us following behind them five steps as their chaperones to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Sean would love that. <laughs> oh, I'm yes. sure he
2: would. <laughs> Excuse me. So let's start off by talking about the various characters, starting with Jian played by Yo-bin Jeong. So this is our leading lady, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay, well, cuz I you know, know you loved her, so I made sure you got to start off with her.
2: I I need to talk about the fact that she takes no prisoners. She's like, vicious. <laughs> she is she is beautiful and deceptively and and that is like the best camouflage for anything is she's pretty. And, and so they don't know that she's about to kill everybody. And I liked her attitude. She has, she's, she's someone who doesn't consider the future. She's really an in the moment kind of gal. And she's, she's trained in in handguns. And I appreciated that. And she just gives him all the crap in the world. And and that worked for me. She loves her uncle. She's not afraid of some gangsters. And I have a huge affection for strong female characters. We have so many candy girls that whenever there's someone who just whips out a gun and takes somebody out and doesn't even
0: blink. I'm like, you go, girlfriend. so I love her I think I love this actress and kind of I started with that right that she's been in a couple of different things but for me what was really striking is that right now I'm currently watching her in Vincenzo and she plays this really quirky kind of like almost borderline crazy lawyer lady um with a heart but at first I didn't think she had a heart but like so she's playing this really like over the top kind of role and then we're reminded of just kind of the breadth of her acting ability with this performance because she manages to just be she she plays this like uh, resigned kind of like she's resigned to her fate kind of character and she is as bad donkey as they come with her ability to shoot things and to not even blink as uh Seal Keita was saying i mean she's really impressive so i love this character i think i mean she's okay i don't know if i love the character cuz she's a little bit too like fatalistic for my taste like i was
1: but i think you have looking- to mention she's terminally ill so okay. i mean that yeah. makes a little bit of sense.
2: It's true. So, it's We're true. going full spoiler here.
1: Yes, yeah, full spoiler.
2: Okay, cuz I was kind so, of alluding to that that she doesn't I know. look for the But, you know. Yeah. yeah. She has she's just
0: like whatever. Yeah, cuz she's going to die anyway, so she doesn't really care. Um and she's willing to do whatever it takes to Yeah. Anyway, I like, I like this character, but if you're looking for a feel-good movie, this isn't it, just so you know. <laughs> no, this is not it.
1: Well, and I was surprised at, well, we'll talk about it more, but I was surprised about some of the pacings that they do. But getting back to the female character, I love how just from the beginning, like you could kind of see that she doesn't want to die, she doesn't have a choice so she's going to do the last bit of her life on her terms and it is so powerful just how she interacts with people and how she makes this relationship with this mobster who shows up at our house and it's just really good like so good i kind of Vincenzo, her character is really off and on. I'm not loving her. I can appreciate the talent she has to do the performance, but I'm not loving the character as much. But you slip over to this and it's just like, wow, she is an amazing actress. And I can't get enough of her in these more serious, darker-toned roles. So,
2: I love a good darker role. I mean... (laughs) <clears throat> but on the same side I need I need a, a good rom-com to come our way sometime soon because it feels like we have been in dark rolling for a little
0: while <laughs> I'm with you yeah so okay so we've talked about our leading lady so let's talk about our leading man with his sexy gravelly voice so park Tegu is played by Tegu um uh and I'm sure I'm butchering his name sorry Tegu. But um, he is something in this. I have to say, uh, when I when he first like there's an opening sequence, and just listening to his voice, he's mobster through and through. I really I really thought that he did a really nice job portraying sort of mm, like just that ruggedness. Well, actually, there's another one that I think is more mobster through and through. But I will say... He's very manly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there is no flower boy here at all. Like, this is, like, majorly... Like, you can tell that he's either a mobster or a detective or, you know, he's got something where he has to use his brawn. But, um, yeah. So, I, I like him. I... It's interesting because I really felt like the female lead had more depth to her character, although because he's tragedy happens in the beginning <laughs> and then he just, yeah, I guess I like, can might as he well say sort of, what the tragedy is. Yeah. All right. So his sister and niece are killed in the beginning, and then he just shuts down and you you see this just cold emptiness. Um, And so in that sense, I think he did a great job playing that. Um, But those were my kind of first impressions of it.
1: It was really interesting because I felt like when he shut down, you definitely felt that anything positive and good in his life had died. Yes. And he was just almost... Almost like she was where, you know, she just had that fatalistic feeling of this is the end. He had a very similar feeling, Uh especially when they first met and started developing a f- friendship. I don't know what kind of relationship they had. But when, like the scene where they were both standing at the ocean looking out, it felt so much as if just they were waiting to die with each other, like companionable last minutes of life kind of thing. And so I love that scene because it kind of set up how empty both of them were at that point. I also like how he was just so good as an action. like I wouldn't say character, but his action abilities were really awesome in this. And that's a bit of directing, but... He definitely had that physicality that felt just so good when he was stabbing people. Mm. And so, I mean, it was very brutal and raw and physical. And he really pulled that aspect of the show off really well. Okay.
2: And now for something different.
1: He is just my
2: type. (laughs) (laughs) That voice I could listen to all day. It's obvious that he's worked hard to maintain that gangster fighter body. And his acting was on point. I, I really felt, and I liked that he was kind of a, of a more bad guy than good guy. I mean, at the beginning, you know, he's smiling a lot. He's talking to his sister and his niece. And you feel like this is somebody with a very normal life. And then once he loses his family, it's like a curtain falls. Mm -hmm. And he just stops caring about everything, which makes it so interesting that he spends so much time trying to save her. Because she is like determined to die one way or the other. Yeah. And she has she has no sense of self preservation. And while he doesn't have anything left to live for, he has this accountability to her that's all in his head because she doesn't care. Right. And it's such a neat juxtaposition of bad guy, good guy. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And and I just, I love that. I love, it's totally my type. Totally my type. <laughs>
1: As the third character in our weird triangle of awesome actors. I love him.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) We have Chief Ma, played by Sung Won Cha, who we all love here at the blog and podcast. Like, Uh, we're longtime fans. And he is, like, the second in line mobster of one of the head mobster factions. So he's not the head mobster. He's Can the I just one jump right underneath
0: a it. Minute? Yes, because I just want to make it clear to people. Because, like at first, he did such a great job with this mobster role that I, I was like, wait a minute, is he Korean? Is he is he like an Italian mobster? <laughs> like, because he did such a great job with this, and then it, I did a double take because I was like, this is Cha Sung Won, who is like from Hwayugi. He was the bull, and from the Greatest Love, um, and he just did such an amazing job so I just want listeners to know like who he is and so you can picture him and then I'm sorry come on if I interrupt also sorry about the
1: names I was I think I was getting them off INDMB and they do them backwards yeah and I wasn't paying attention this morning so for listeners who are like what the heck uh blame Uh. western IDMB (laughs) so Right. (laughs) If that makes sense. Um, But yes, so he was so, 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 so good. And my only regret is he was in a turtleneck. It was like some weird turtleneck tracksuit visual, which I mean, worked for the role. But I was kind of sad we didn't get the white shirt suit mobster look from him because he would look so good in that. It was
2: kind of a grandpa mobster look, now that you say it. I didn't, it I'm, was! I'm trying to put my finger on why it felt so wrong. He's not
1: that old. Stop it. <laughs> but it was very different. So you felt he was different from your general mobster. And so for those of you listening that have not watched the show, the premise is our haughty, gravelly voice mobster boy is told – his family is killed and he's told that it's this other faction that killed his family. So he goes after the head guy and all the underlings naked in a sauna and he stabs them all, but he doesn't manage to kill the head guy, just put him into critical condition. And his boss went after all the rest of the, the factions mobsters But they didn't manage to kill the character Chief Ma, who is the scariest of them all. So, having not actually killed him, he comes down and starts attacking with a vengeance, and
0: it was bad. It was yes,
1: (laughs) yes. So, moral of the story is: if you're going to go kill a mafia person, kill them all, or you're going to get killed. So, um, it is. That is
0: great advice for life. Yes. Everyone. So yes. just listen carefully. Just to K-Muse.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so he's coming back um, to Jeju Island and he gets the boss of our gravelly voice, Toddy. And the so the boss is screwing them over and giving them to Chief Moth as reparations for trying to kill everyone. So, right. Yes. First, I, I still haven't. I still
2: don't quite understand boss is somebody and they can't kill him. And it's so frustrating because because he's friends with another
1: mobster. That's higher than all the other mobsters. Like he's the top of the pyramid and then chief ma and gravelly voice. Hottie's boss are like the next level down mobsters and it trickles. So, okay.
2: So let me have my say about Cha Sung Won real quick, because y'all need to know that this man becomes a new person with every role he takes. Mm -hmm. And it's that is a level of talent that you just can't find. And he looks kind of I've got that whole gangster grandpa thing in my head now but I agree (laughs) they should have put him in a crisp white shirt with a suit but Mm -hmm. instead he's he's like the guy behind the scenes that doesn't get his hands dirty which is so funny because he normally is playing someone who is right in the thick of it all with, with their dirty hands but I just he's somebody else who has a great voice and he has such a piercing look. Like, when he looks at that camera, he is looking straight at you. And I call dibs. I just called dibs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I just want to point out that you've just called dibs on our leading man with a sexy graveling voice and Chessing One. But I'm the only one of us that's single. So okay, I can call then I'm going to call so dibs you got- on the girl because she was
1: epic. And if <laughs> I was going to... Like become not straight. Yeah. I would
0: totally date her. So yeah. So just
1: wait okay. I'll <laughs>
2: get on
0: her too. So C- seal. <laughs> so C- seal <laughs> C- kita's got two. So <laughs> Muse has one. Um. Okay. Anyway, about uh Chief Ma, I just uh, he was chilling in this role. Like I thought that he played it so well, and just there was something about him though where he had this weird like i don't know character like ethics or something because he he killed the people who needed to be killed he but he sort of like held himself in a different way
2: i agree but I, I
0: was he had, impressed he
2: had standards and he had morals like if he yeah. made a deal he kept it
0: Right, but it was kind of weird because like he's also like a ruthless killer, but you know, he was a ruthless killer who played by the rules.
2: Yeah. And which got him killed. (laughs) So did the mobster concept work for us? I'm I'm gonna say yes because it was very exciting to watch. And I like mobsters.
0: So (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: simple. I'm I'm really simple here. Yeah.
0: Well, for me, the mobster concept, like, I went in thinking it was going to be a mobster movie. So, therefore, I would have been disappointed if there weren't mobsters. Um, So, yes, it worked for me.
1: It was an interesting mobster movie that was kind of different than what I was expecting. Because I went in expecting it just to be all mobsters, all the time, revenge-y. But we had the mobster beginning... And then we had this long period of connections between the female and male lead after her uncle had been murdered. And then he was just on the island waiting to be sent off to Russia by his boss. And so we kind of had this reflective, wasn't romance, but it was definitely a reflective connection segment. And then we got back to mobster. And so I really liked that it was very different than what I was expecting. Cause I was expecting just all revenge the whole time, but it was very different in the pacing than what I would consider for your usual mobster show. So.
0: Yeah, I, you're right. It was a little different. Um, there were moments that allowed us to really get to know them a little bit better. Um, okay. Okay. So I love that I always get this question because everyone knows that this is what I watch shows for is the cinematography and the fight. Okay, fight sequences, yes, but cinematography is not really my thing. But anyway, the cinematography and fight sequences, what did we think of those? And I will say, even for someone like me, that you can tell that um, they took some really great like long angle shots of the scenery. So I really, it made me want to go back to Jeju Island. Um, It made me a little like, um, I don't know. I want to say homesick, but whatever that is when you feel, when you don't live there, but you still want to go back to somewhere. Tourist (laughs) sick. Tourist sick, yeah. (laughs) And then the fight sequences were pretty awesome in a number of different ways. Um, I I will talk specifically just about the gun scenes, because um, in a lot of K-dramas, we don't get to see the gun scenes as much because they blur those out. Um, And so she maybe doesn't in real life handle guns, but but she certainly looked like she did. So, I mean, there was just, she handled it beautifully. So I was really impressed. Um, And then, of course, there were many other fight scenes, but... I don't know if you call hers a fight scene, but just, you know, she just used her gun on a lot of people and it was lovely.
1: One of the reasons that I specifically wanted to watch this movie is because it was by the director of The Witch Part 1, and I really enjoyed the fight sequences in that. They were definitely brutal, but there was just this unique quality about them that wasn't your standard visual And I really enjoyed it. And I definitely was not disappointed in this show with the fight sequences. And there's one that really stood out where he's in a car and there's like 20 mobster people coming after him. And they're trying to pull him out of the car and he gets his knife and just slaughters like 15 of them. It is amazingly really intricate close-up work that was so impressive to watch and I really love that scene. And also talking about the guns she definitely they did an amazing job with the gun sequences here and again it's mostly our female lead that has the gun because her uncle that she lives with is an arms dealer with the Russians so it actually gave a logical explanation as to why he would have guns why she would have some knowledge of shooting guns. And so she definitely, it was like a hobby, like, practice, um, accuracy practice for her. And so I like how they actually kind of explained why she would be that knowledgeable in fighting with that kind of weapon. And so, or how she'd be able to get one and go kill everybody. <clears throat> so... Also, talking about non-fighting cinematography, I really loved the emphasis the director had on connecting them together, but making it feel separate because they were both so lost in their own tragedy of their lives. And the director did a really good job with that. And I loved it. So.
2: I agree. But did we mention... That he is naked in a spa,
1: and proceeds <laughs> to kill everybody. In and there. all of their tattoos were really well shot. Yeah, and like they were. stenciled in, they were really good tattoos.
2: So whoever was in charge of the body art did an amazing job on that. And it felt, and and I think that that added to the feeling of betrayal, his feeling of betrayal, and the feeling of betrayal. Because these are people that he has worked with. They are part of the same family. And I mean, y- you gotta love a good spa fight scene or shower <laughs> fight scene. So, you do. I mean, there you go.
1: I'm so shallow. <laughs> so, we kind of touched on this earlier. But- There's definitely a unique pacing in the story of this show, especially between the relationships between the different characters, the mobster story arcs, the just the way they deal with terminal illness was interesting. What do you guys think about it? I think that it was really interesting
2: because, because you get a sense that nobody expects to get out of there alive except for the shady boss guy. Yeah. And maybe you know, Chief Ma. And and Chief Ma, but it's it's an interesting feel when you know that he has nothing left to live for and she has no time left to live. Cuz we're told early on that she has about a month maybe and it's it's an interesting parallel to um, our mobster sister who was actually coming to visit him because she was getting treatment for a terminal yeah. illness, uh, which is which adds to the injustice. She was already going to die, and they and they killed and they killed her. So um, when you're looking at all the different story arcs. It really makes you wonder who deserves to live and why.
0: Wow. I'm really glad that we're talking about this because I was watching it by myself. And so at first I was like, well, what was the point of like bringing up the sister's terminal illness? Because it seemed like so I can't even remember the actress, but she's really good. And I expected that she would be there much longer than she was. And so we only get this little glimpse. And I I got the idea that, okay, we need to meet the sister and the niece so that we can understand that he has this really human side to him. And we just, we can understand why he now feels like he has nothing left to live for. But I was like, well, but why did they make her terminally ill? And what you said just makes so much sense, right? Because first of all, it made him um, immediately connect with the new girl when he meets her on Jeju Island because, you know, when he finds out that she also had a term has a terminal illness. But like it is sort of like you're right. Like there's this sense of like who who deserves who deserves to live. So I'm really glad we're talking about this because, like I said, i I was trying to figure out, like, what's the plot point reason? Like what was their motivation for that? And now I understand it. So thanks. The thing to remember
2: is that he has, there has to be a reason why he hasn't just rolled over and she, he couldn't save his sister, but he can do, you know, honor among thieves and he can save this girl because Mm. he believes that Ma will honor his part of the bargain. And so, you know, if you, have nothing left to live for and then someone comes into your path that you want to have a chance it changes things it changes your perspective and I I picked up on that and it just it really made me appreciate the depth of this character because the whole reason why he killed all of those people was because his sister was innocent and now Mm. he's willing to die because in his mind This girl is innocent. Doesn't matter that she took out all of these people, but her (laughs) life has been touched by her life has been touched by the life that they lead. And he doesn't think that it's fair. And I just, I, it's just an interesting plot point and concept to me.
1: Well, and it's especially interesting because she literally has a month to live. He knows that it's not hidden and he'd be willing to sacrifice his life for that one month of hers.
2: So she's supposed to go to America where she can get treatment. She can't get treatment in Korea. His sister came to his part of Korea to get treatment. And so it's, it's all about, about trying to be where you're supposed to be so you can survive. So he really hopes that this girl can leave him there, put it all behind her and go to America and start a new life. It's about who gets to have a new life. Who gets to live? Deep Thoughts by C.L. (laughs) Kita. So, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Okay, the hint of romance. There is a hint of romance. It's kind of interesting because as K-Muse and I were watching this, we kept comparing it to um, Kangoo's story from 2014 that had Lee Dong Wook in it. Um, it was also filmed on Jeju Island. And it's the exact same restaurant that keeps popping up. This empty restaurant that you see on the shore. And it's also about a gangster who goes and tries to help a woman who his friend has died. And he goes to try to help his friend's sister. But she has a terminal illness. So I we were like connecting all of these dots. And there's a romance in the other story. And there's kind of a like quasi romance in um the story that we're watching but it's almost like less romance and more that these two characters have been brought together and it's it's like they've become a family does that make sense
1: yeah Yeah. they definitely had a very family vibe connection so yeah
0: i i wasn't like i i could see like like a hint right like it maybe if circumstances had been different there would have been a romance but it felt more like this was a family bond to me
2: they were all each other had left but it was so interesting to compare it to and I just I couldn't stop comparing it and Muse was like oh my gosh yes so shout out to Kenku's story I don't know where it is now it used to be on Vicky. I'll check and see if it's still on there
1: And it's worth watching. It's like three or four episodes. It was a mini series. Mm -hmm. So really great. But on this one, I love the scene. They were at, it was after the uncle had died and they had escaped to a friend of the uncle's house. And they were staying, it was like a hotel bed and breakfast kind of place. And so they were staying there and they had this moment where, she was kind of flirting with him and was all like, we should just sleep together. And he kind of gently turned her down and joking about it. And you could see that they definitely had a connection, but they weren't going to take it farther. And I liked how they did that rather than, well, this could be the last day I live. Let's just do it. You
0: know, it. Felt I think a I would have made deeper. that choice. Sorry, but, I mean, if it was my last day to live and it was Tegu there, I have to say, I, I think I'd probably make that choice, just, you know. <laughs> I I think,
2: though, that that was messy emotions. Yeah.
1: And it definitely, and, there was a lot of messy emotions and feelings, and she's definitely borderline suicidal, and he's whatever borderline? he Borderline? Well, yeah, she's suicidal. She's playing
2: Russian roulette all the time.
1: And so it's definitely they're not in a place to take their relationship to that level. And I'm glad they didn't. And it was just a really interesting moment that they stuck in the middle that said, you know, if things were positive, these two would be a good couple. But they're both a mess. And so and they know it. Because she even knew it. She smiled when he like walked away, you know, after rejecting her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was it, a well was done different.
2: rejection. What? It was a well done rejection. It was. I mean, it, it wasn't a, I mean, he he was not in any way cruel or, or at all about it. it. It was just very much, this is not the time, this is not the place. So, But it was
0: a hint of, you know, if circumstances were different, this would totally be going a different direction. And I I appreciated that for sure. Okay, so we have a mobster double-cross. And so Tegu's Don, big boss guy, comes to Jeju Island and, and basically turns him over to Chief Ma. Were we oh my gosh so were we surprised not by the double cross because that i saw coming but were you surprised by tegu's death so he comes to the rescue for this girl and they do all kinds of horrible things to him and like i was kind of shocked because i was like nah he's gonna he's gonna he'll figure it out he'll like crawl away and i mean he's gonna be beat up and, and in bad shape but and then they poured gasoline on him and burned the whole thing down. I was like, okay, so there's no chance there. So I was a little surprised because, like, just on the surface, I was surprised. Now that I've had time to really think about it, it had to happen that way. Because he was sacrificing so that she could live on. Anyway, what were your thoughts?
1: I, I do think it was inevitable that he was going to die somehow. Like, there just wasn't any way he was going to escape and have some kind of life because everyone he loved or trusted was dead. Um, I don't think he would have ever been able to get past that, per se, no matter where he went. And so I wasn't surprised that he died. It was pretty brutal. I definitely, like, if you're queasy, know that... There's a lot of massive stabbing and blood. And so it's definitely a more brutal death. And I think I was surprised about how brutal it was. Mm-hmm. And also the one part of the show I didn't like is the fire was so obviously CGI. That bugged <laughs> me. Like just cinema. Like, the cinematography I loved, except for that 20 seconds, because it was such bad fake fire. So, yeah. Well, we
2: knew that there was going to be a double cross. But the real surprise wasn't that Tegu died. The real surprise was that his boss double crossed Ma whenever... Ma had made, had made these deals with Tegu to get Tegu to turn himself in. He was supposed to let Tegu's man go. They'd already killed most of Tegu's guys. And he had one guy left, and they were supposed to let him go. And they were supposed to let the girl go. And what happens is that uh, the boss guy kills Tegu's man. So mm-hmm. when Ma is ready to, he's, you know, he's following through, checking it off his list. He's, he's, you know, Tegu's going to die a brutal death, but it's honorable. And he made an honorable deal and his man gets to live and it's a sacrifice and that's just how these things work. And Ma is just absolutely furious because there's no honor among thieves here. And in order to make things work, you have to honor your promises according to Ma. So Ma tells tegu who really killed his sister which ensures Mm -hmm. that the boss gets the crap beaten out of him lets him get almost to death before ma puts tegu out of his misery but he gave him justice so you know while the boss didn't die he let tegu have some form of justice which is kind of cool So he didn't die yet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So this transitions us into our next topic, which is Jayeon goddess of death. She's (laughs) still alive. Nobody has touched a hair on her. The most they have done is hold onto her arms and keep her from going to Tegu. Tegu's dead. They leave. They drag. They don't even let her stay with him. They drag her out before they set the building on fire. And then they, just they leave. go eat. Yeah. They leave and they go eat. And she finds out where they are and walks through the door. And all what? hell breaks. Place. Oh, and she locks them
1: in. She locks
2: them in. She checks to make sure that the people that work there have gone to the back. And then she checks to see where Ma and the boss man are. She's, like, counting shoes. And then she locks the door. And it it is it is magnificent. My little justice-deprived heart started to beat really hard right then.
1: Yeah, because she wasn't letting anyone get away with what they did. Mm-mm. So, I... The whole scene was just like my jaw dropped. I kind of suspected that's where they were going after they dragged her from the fire because she had gone after the people that shot her her uncle with a gun and she did shoot some people. Um, so I wasn't totally shocked, but with how efficient she shot everyone. Oh, it was that like, was amazing. Oh, my gosh. That was so epic and it was just the emotion she had when she shot the person who had murdered her uncle and then shot the boss who had murdered our hottie like she just kept shooting him and shooting him and shooting him till she had no more bullets and it was
0: like wow. I was so impressed with just really like how she just her whole face went blank and she just like let it go. And that was really pretty amazing. So then we get to the final scene. Since we we're giving tons of spoilers anyway, the final scene, I had flashbacks to King of Dramas. So I don't know if you remember that, but in King of Dramas, there's this whole big final scene where the the um, the gangster guy or the whatever the the lead he. Um, is supposed to drink orange juice. That's the product placement that they were trying to put in. And the the writer was fighting against it. She was saying, you can't do that. So he, but basically, and then he goes out to the ocean and he shoots himself. And all I could think was like, is she going to drink orange juice? Um, so I, <laughs> it was terrible to have that thought, like while we were having this really powerful moment, but um, yes. So it's pretty much the same ending as in the King of Drama's movie that was in the movie
1: well and it was Uh, so powerful too it was the exact same spot she had gone with the mobster hottie and they were standing side by side having their moment and she goes there she's listening to music on her earbuds you hear the sirens in the background because they're coming for her and she just ends it on her own way and usually i am not at all pro-suicide. But with her character. And her situation. It's like that makes sense. That that's the way she chose to finish it. So. Wow.
2: Mm-hmm. She's just amazing. I mean it's.
1: I don't condone suicide at all. But. But the it, story was so strong. With that final moment.
2: We knew yeah. that none of them were going to live. I mean you just. I I never had a feeling of hope that these characters were going to ride off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. And I, and I feel like, you know, she, she was, she was ready to die. And it's, it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing to do, but it was on her terms.
0: And we already knew that she was, we already knew that basically she had a death sentence of her own. Right. So even you know, going it's a-
1: to the U.S., he's like, "Well, she has zero percent of living, but maybe right. she might have ten percent in the U.S." So it wasn't even, "Oh, there's hope," you know. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting, and I I loved how strong the female character was, and how she really was the strength through the whole show, because I was not expecting that to be the case
2: no no and you know it really puts it into perspective that again she has nothing to live for and when her uncle is killed she just goes numb and it was it was so horrible to watch she it was just so horrible to watch and it's such a visceral feeling where it's like somebody has your heart and a vice when you see her emotions and then her lack of emotion. And I I don't know. I mean, right? I felt
1: like the character stayed very true. Agreed. So we'll finish out with did we enjoy this movie and what do we recommend? And I'll say I really enjoyed this movie. It was so many powerful performances that just blew me away. It was gorgeous. And I'm a huge fan of a strong performance. And would I recommend, if you're someone who needs your happy ever after, this is not the drama for you. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want something that's an amazing character Piece where you're going to really connect in with different characters and see their journey, then I definitely say, Watch this. It's really good.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an odd question to say, Did we enjoy the movie because it's so full of sorrow and just like, oh my goodness, emotion and it's, or lack of emotion. Uh, uh, Yeah. But it's really well made. And the more you think about it, the better it becomes like, so you can watch it on the surface. It's just a regular, like mobster movie. And then you start thinking about how the scenes are put together and how they juxtapose her life with his life. And, and, you know, her emotions with his and just like they're together, but they're separate. I mean, there's so many amazing pieces to this. So I would say, actually, yes, I did enjoy the movie, especially now that we've talked about it. I enjoy it even more. So I would recommend watching it with somebody so you can talk about it. That'd be number one. And number two, um, you really can't be somebody who gets squeamish about blood and fight scenes and things like that, because it's it's pretty brutal but it's also a really well done movie and the acting is superb.
2: I agree. This and and I agree that you need to watch this with someone. You're going to want to talk about this. So, as you go through this, it you have to process and you need to have somebody to talk to and process because there's so many different layers to the story and if you miss something, like, why did that happen? Like, we just had a whole conversation where I t- introduced a whole different perspective about the terminal illness parallels between his sister and um, our leading lady. And it, it it helps to have perspective and have somebody watch it with you. And you may need a hug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and if you do need a hug, you're welcome to find us on social media and be like, I need a hug.
2: we will give you a virtual virtual hug (laughs) so i also wanted to let you guys know that i found kangoo's story is on vicky um and i recommend that you watch that if you enjoyed this um and thanks for joining us for this episode we'd love to hear what you thought about this episode you can reach us on twitter on facebook or through our patreon page the links are in our show notes as always, if there is a specific actor or theme you would
1: like to discuss, then let us know. We love vlogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you, and talking is so much faster than typing.